You know, it's always kind of like where to begin, because um, although experiences feel really unrelated at times with years coming in between them, like, are they related? Um, are you going to get aliens invading your life now because I tell you my stories? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um but it probably, well, okay. My first time I saw a UFO, I was like 23. And then the weirder stuff didn't start happening until I was, well, maybe I was 21 when I saw the UFO. Anyway, I was 28 and 29 when the weirder stuff started happening. So many years in between. Um, but the first UFO was pretty interesting because it was very, um, felt like it was for me. Um, I was driving down the highway, um, 128 from Gloucester to Boston. I lived in Boston. My friends played in punk bands in Gloucester. So I was, coming home kind of late. I had just seen a show there and it was summer and I was driving a Honda Accord and anyone that's ever driven a 1990, any year in the nineties Honda, you know, you don't have air conditioning. That air conditioning <laughs> died <laughs> immediately. Yeah, yeah <laughs> yes. absolutely. Yeah. They had a Freon problem. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. And you know, my car was no different. <laughs> and so I had all my windows down, sunroof open, just the loudest experience, you know, you can ever imagine. <laughs> and um, blasting, blasting the Cures album, Wild Mood Swings. And I come around a corner, I was kind of, I was probably in like Beverly. And there were two UFOs just sitting right there. Um they were a bit in a distance at first, you know, and I'm on the highway, so I'm driving toward them and they just like remained there. And I just remember being like, am I really like seeing what I'm seeing? And it was like, just like some shit out of a movie, you know, it was two huge UFOs with lights around them. The lights were like, probably like sort of rectangular ish in shape with curved corners, um, they were hovering over a parking lot. And so they had that yellow glow of the parking lot lights. Um, and they were just fucking there. They were there. And as I drove by them, they were in the rear view mirror and there were other cars on the highway. <laughs> um, it's a pretty busy highway and it's like, you know, one in the morning, not anything that's strange to Boston. Everybody's awake at all hours down there and nobody noticed, like nobody pulled over. Um, <laughs> so that's why I say it felt like it was very much like for me. Um, but then, yeah, I was probably about 20, 21 when that happened. I moved back to Maine when I was 23. 
um, had my son when I was 26 and then moved to Munjoy Hill um, when my son was three. So it puts me at 29. So about eight years have gone by and I was dating this dude, Mike, and we started waking up with iodine stains on our body. I think it started with me. Um, they were everywhere, um, in weird places too. Um, that was the first thing I noticed. The first thing I noticed, the locations of them on my body didn't make me feel like they were like places like doctors would want them. Like they weren't around like veins and things like that, where you'd get a shot. Um, they were just like in the middle of my stomach and like in the crevice of my arm, like the opposite of the elbow, you know, like in the cavern of the arm. I guess that's kind of doctory, but they were just kind of everywhere. And they, they stayed there for a couple of weeks. Couldn't wash them off. You couldn't scrub them off in the shower if you fucking tried. They were just on your body. And then I don't remember who was next, but it was either Mike or Tristan. Um, and that cycled through us. Um, I would say it took, you know, like it wasn't until my iodine, iodine stains would go away until somebody else's would show up too. They weren't rapid fire. Um, and then, um, I would say that happened to each of us about two, three times. It was obviously the se the second time it happened. It was, the, I don't know. It's all bizarre. It's just like all bizarre. We were all freaked right. out by it. You know, like, I don't really know what to say about it. I never really contacted like a doctor about it. Um, I worked, where did I work at the time? I think I was working at Newbury Comics at the time. I just remember being at Lush in the mall and trying to like wash it off with my, with their soap and stuff like that. Um, but I didn't work at Lush until many years after that. So yeah, I don't really know what to make of all of that, but a few months after that, my son was sleeping in his room. Mike and I were asleep. Mike was like drunk, passed out, like snoring, like completely dead to the world. He had gone to a show and I did not. And so I was like laying in my bed, not really able to sleep. And I heard like footsteps walking around, which isn't super weird. Um, I live in Portland, Maine, and a lot of the old homes here have been turned into apartments, but you can hear everything because they were just houses before, you know? So mm -hmm. I was on the second floor and there was an apartment on the first floor and an apartment on the third. And it wasn't weird to hear footprints, footsteps walking around. And so I didn't think too much of it, but then I, I had my bedroom door kind of cracked open because I have cats and I saw like, somebody walk by like the living room lamp that was on. And I kept that on because my son, you know, was like three at the time and didn't love the dark. And yeah, so I saw what seemed like somebody walking by the lamp, like into my son's bedroom. And I was like, hello. And nobody said anything. And then I got like really scared. And I was like, wait, what if somebody's in here? What if somebody's in Tristan's room? Like, what do I do? And then I saw somebody walk out of Tristan's room. And 
I was kind of freaking out. I was like, I don't know what to do. They were like, the footsteps were so heavy. It was like work boots, like clomping around in my living room, right outside my bedroom. And I was really nervous. I didn't really know what to do. And then all of a sudden my bedroom door starts to open and I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. So I shut my eyes, but like, you know, kept them cracked like a little bit to make it look like they were closed, but they were kind of open at the same time. So I could only like kind of see, but multiple foot, multiple legs came in my room. That's all I could see was like the work boots and legs. Um, I think it was three beings and I'm not totally sure. Um, I mean, I know what happened next, but I'm not totally sure. Like in my human brain, the events that happened next make no sense. But anyway, I I rolled over on my back and that doesn't make sense because I was trying to pretend like I was asleep and I didn't want like whoever was in my house to know I was awake. Um, Because that's where my train of thought was. I was like, pretend you're asleep, pretend you're asleep. But for some reason, I was on my rolled over on my back and this bright pink light came down through my ceiling, which again is weird because I'm on the second. I mean, that's weird in general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the way that you described it. Is, yeah. The way you described it is like there's another floor above you. So it doesn't make sense yes, that there exactly. would be a, a, a light coming down through. Um, so let, let's go back here for a second. Okay. Yeah. When you when you were. When you had your first UFO experience, what do you recall mm-hmm. feeling in the moment as you were driving, seeing these objects over this parking lot? What what were you feeling at that time? I was like young and on my own for the first time. I wasn't in college anymore. And I was kind of like really excited to be, you know, like coming home from this punk show, but I was also like tired. Um, but I was definitely like amped. I, when I listen to the cures, my wild mood swings, I sing every song at the top of my lungs. I love that album. Um, and so I was definitely like kind of hype, but I think like my overall feeling at that time, it was like a weird period in time. Cause I had dropped out of college. I had just been like diagnosed with ADHD and I was like struggling. I was beginning to struggle with addiction at that time. It was the early, I was probably two, two pill addictions in <laughs> at that point in my life. Um, and I just like, didn't really think too much about the UFOs, to be honest. I kind of just like forgot about it. (laughs) And I also, I don't, I just, I, I guess I just like, didn't really believe like, yeah, I don't know. Would you say it was more meaningfully to you? Like after the fact, not maybe not right away, but you know, like maybe years down the road that this was somehow more meaningful. For sure. For sure. Um, I don't know that it's it's super meaningful to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I, I mean, I have like the distinct image in my head. I'll never forget it. I mean, it was one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me. Um, I'll never forget it, but I don't know that I have much to say about it. You know, um, mm-hmm. I don't know why that happened. But, you know, it's definitely like 
the beginning of a long cycle of tough situations in my life. Like, I don't know, maybe it was trying to take me out of that. Um, hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was a signpost for you, you know? Maybe it was a signpost. I definitely yeah. ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> I paid zero like, attention. <laughs> you, you know what's interesting is like, you know, we, we we hang out with like the same spheres on Twitter and stuff like that. And, yep. and synchronicities are huge for, the, you know, all of us. Yeah. And half the time it seems like people just ignore the hell out of them every time. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it, either it's like this hard truth that you're not willing to admit or here's this path you, you could find yourself going down. And it's like... No, I'm going to veer this way. <laughs> For sure. I feel like that was an absolute like crossroads moment where it was like you could really get into this and go into like the UFO direction or you could just keep doing drugs and punk rock shows. And I was like, drugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it came back for me later, you know, came back for me later mm-hmm. as the past tend to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it always it always tends to come back and i mean hindsight's 2020 uh when you always. are are able to put something in, in in a meaningful context later so i guess like how how exactly would you describe these ufos you talked about like kind of like rectangular lights but like how would you describe this this ufo these ufos saucers for sure yeah yeah. Silver saucers, classic, like, I feel like unless you're the type that immediately pictures like the triangle UFO, I feel like if you're like a alien fan from like old sci-fi movies, it's going to be the first type of UFO you think of, you know, just mm-hmm. like that round classic saucer with lights around it. I've tried to draw them since, but they always look like sombreros when I do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean that I that that is kind of the design in in a way, like of. you know, depend <laughs> depending upon how you draw that dome, you know. Uh, yes. <laughs> especially when you look at like you know the, lo- the how you have lights around it because it definitely looks like that kind of work that goes into the rim of a sombrero. It's got these designs in it, so. You know, it's interesting that at times they look like a familiar shape in many ways. Truly, truly. Did you have the impression that these objects were physically there when you saw them? 100%. Like, like very physically there like not even remotely like i think at one point i remember like when i turned that corner and i started to see them in the distance i thought they were like like um i don't know it's just like a sign for like a store or something like that um mm-hmm. but as i got closer it was like real i just remember being like thinking that i was gonna witness them flying away too like and i remember thinking like they're not moving they're just there they're just there what's Mm -hmm. going on um and i remember being just like i can't believe it (laughs) like i don't know um i think i was trying to tell myself you know it wasn't real a lot Mm -hmm. yeah i 
often it feels it's like surreal when you're in that moment. It's just like this isn't something you're supposed to see. It's not even I supposed cannot, to be there. Right? Yeah. Like, and they were huge, like huge and right there. And uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, fast forwarding, like the, the mm. iodine stain stains are interesting because it's, it's not common, totally common. Like there are cases in which there are witnesses or, um, like the, the one case that all that, uh, I, I, I can only think of is the case of a guy named Zygmunt Adamski who, uh, he lived in England. He, he was actually like very close to retirement. He ended up going to, I, I can't even remember the town, but he was visiting a town with his cousin and he was going off to buy, I think potatoes or something like that. Guy was never seen again until about six days later. And they find his Whoa. body in a coal yard. Mysteriously. Nobody knows what, what? happened to it. The autopsy is not conclusive as to what happened to his body. They don't totally know how he was, um, how he died. But there was a mysterious burn on his head. And he also had this very weird sticky substance on his skin. And he couldn't, uh. and they couldn't really account for it. But uh, the the reason that it's linked to UFO encounters is that the area in which it happened had been, you know, this huge flap area for years. It had been uh, since like, you know, this occurred in 1980, since like 1973, there was uh, just a lot of UFO activity in this area. And there was another guy, a police officer named Alan Godfrey, who went on to have abduction experiences in the, in the area. And not only that, he investigated the Adamski death and, and, and stuff. So like when you started to see these, you know, this, this stuff on your skin, did you automatically connect it to like UFOs or anything like that? Um, yeah, (laughs) I hesitate only because like, um, I don't, I'm not typically a person that goes right there, but it, but it was because I did, because I just woke up with them, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but I never really like looked too hard into it. I did like some Googling and I didn't really see, it wasn't like a common thing. Like you said, um, it didn't really seem to be linked to UFOs. Like people weren't talking about it on the internet. And so I was just kind of like, well, whatever. But then Tristan woke up with some and then Mike woke up with some and then I woke up with some and then the cycle just kept going and I didn't really contact anybody about it because it's just like, what do you even do? And then they just stopped. Right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Did did Mike or Tristan ever talk about like having like strange experiences or anything like that? No. Um, I... Tristan was so young. He was like three at the time. And so it was hard to talk about it with him. Um, and Mike was just kind of, he was drinking a lot at the time. So yeah, wasn't yeah. Um, a lot of memories going on at night, you know? 
a lot of dreams. Yeah. Do you have any odd experiences or dreams or anything around that time period? Um, no, not during the iodine scenes, only after when the beings walked in. Hmm. Um, but that was around the same time. It was all sort of around the same time. Yeah. That like they walked in and the pink light came down from my ceiling and then one of the creatures was like nose to nose with me i'm like on my back one of the creatures is nose to nose with me and they tell me that um my cat argento knows too much um <laughs> like like i i when you like, said that to me i was at i was at work and i literally <laughs> laughed out loud and i got looks from coworkers because i was like oh god your cat knows too much what <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> so, <Great>. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe my cats had iodine stains on them too, and I didn't notice. <laughs> Do you think that, like, the, the way that this message was delivered, was it delivered with any kind of, like, malice, or was it playful, or what? How do you, how do you interpret that message through the way it was delivered? I always was just, I was so confused. Um, I remember what the first time I was telling, I was doing haunt me at the time. And I remember trying to like tell them what happened to me. And they were all like asking me, like if the aliens like said the name Argento, like how do they know your cat's name and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm guessing it was just like telepathic in my mind. Like, I just knew that that's the cat they were talking about. Like, I don't really rem. It's weird. I like don't remember the words they said, but I know what the message is. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to describe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's in in hindsight after the fact. Like sometimes it feels like it's almost not even there and it's almost kind of amazing that you remember it because i've had i've I've been in yeah like uh because it it it, in the uh, experience it almost kind of feels like you weren't meant to remember but you came away still remembering it after the fact and and uh just like it really makes you wonder what are they just fucking with you or like (laughs) literally literally what is any of that like what why (laughs) right like why would you why would you accost someone about their cat and and what exactly what exact okay i want to know what does your cat know and what does your cat plan to do about it (laughs) honestly what does he he definitely acts like he knows something. (laughs) Mm. He's always bugged out about something, but it's nothing. Like he's always like seeing shit that I don't see. Very anxiety ridden, always on edge. So Mm. I don't know that it's, you know, out of bounds to say that he knows too much (laughs) because he might. Yeah, uh, I'm totally suspicious of your cat. Uh, yes, I, I, I won't be able to shake that. 
for the rest of my yeah. life. Yeah. He's my snuggliest cat. He likes to mm. get under the covers and spoon. Yep. yep. Otherwise, what's going on? Like, right. what are you? <laughs> I have his right. sister, are- too. They don't seem to care yeah. about her. It's interesting because it's like, well, is your cat an alien now? Yeah, like maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here he comes. He's walking in right now. <laughs> See? Knows that we're talking about. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He's yeah. like, this is too much, you guys. Stop talking about me. <laughs> yeah. No. So, like, you know, you you describe the way that they walk as, as incredibly loud wearing heavy boots. Mm -hmm. Did did you ever, did you have the impression that they were wearing boots like in your, in your mind, in your head, or was it just the sound itself that made it seem like they were? I think it was the sound and the shape of the, like, I kind of saw the shape of the feet. Um, when they came out of Tristan's room and when they started to come into my room and there was like the shape of big giant work boots. Mm-hmm. Oversized work boots. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. say giant, but I'm like a size seven, which I think is like in men's sizes, it's like a five. So, I mean, it could have just been like a size 12 and it would have seemed like giant to me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like people like I thought people were in my apartment. Honestly, so blessed that it was not people. <laughs> people are scared. Yeah, that, <laughs> that would make it that would make it even worse. I think way if, like, worse. Yeah, because like, what the hell are you doing in my apartment right now? Yeah. And how did you get in here? Because there wasn't my doors were always squeaky. So there wasn't a door that opened or anything. They were just all of the sudden in my living room it's like they just appeared there out of nowhere out of nowhere on the second floor no way to get into my living room unless you go through my front door right if you had to because you're you describing them kind of in that human context of work boots if you had to um kind of like if you just had to take a shot in the dark, just based on your impression of them, what would you say that they looked like? Tall. Like, I would say they were like six foot tall. And I'm not sure because in my mind, I picture them in work, like in Dickies, like work suits, like in one piece suit things. But mm-hmm. I didn't really see that. I think my brain is just connecting the work boots to an outfit. Um, I didn't really see their bodies, but I, when I was on my back and they were at the end of my bed, it seemed like they were tall. Mm. Would you, would you describe their shape as human leg? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think there were like shoulders and arms available. Okay. Yeah. Um, skinny, tall, little skinny humans, maybe tall and skinny. That's yeah. that 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 combination's creepy. Like it is very, creepy. Yeah. They didn't creep me out once they were in my room, which is weird. I was more creeped out 
when they were not in the room with me. But once they were in the room with me, I felt, I still felt like I didn't want them to know I was awake because I was unsure of what was going on, but I wasn't as scared as I should have been probably. <laughs> Do you think that was a natural feeling or, or a, uh, an unnatural feeling like at that, that time? That is a great question. I'm not sure. I want to say that it's unnatural only because I was pretty terrified when I realized the footsteps were coming from inside my apartment. I got that horror movie mind, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, it, it's, it's what you do. It's, it's part yes. of what you do. Uh, you know, you, you do, you know, these, these monthly, uh, uh, terror readings and, uh, mm. you know, mm. you, the way that you connect it to horror movies. Like I, I can totally see how that would, you know, uh, shape how you felt about it. Yep. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> I was nervous. I've seen dark skies. That movie is scary. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was like, geez. <laughs> I was uh, I was in college when the fourth kind came out. This was like mm-hmm. 2009, and I was kind of excited to to watch it because uh, at that time I had started to read more UFO stuff. Mm. And when I finally I, I downloaded it off of iTunes the day that it came out, and I was just like watching it, I was instantly terrified. I'm like, uh, no, thank you. I don't want yeah. anything to do with this. And like, uh, just from that experience, yeah, it's it's just like uh, it colored my view so much mm-hmm. about UFOs that uh, I was. I think I was reading Whitley Strieber's communion at the time for the first time. And I had, uh, I had had this experience in my college dorm room where I, I woke up and I could see this large shadow that looked like it was coming in through the, the room that I shared with my roommate. And I was looking over at his like bedspread and there was this like large shadowy alien head. And I didn't think anything of it at first. I was like, oh, it's just the way that the, you know, the trees are are coming in the room and, and stuff through, the, you know, with the moonlight and stuff. And and then all of a sudden this head turns and looks at me and I'm like, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> After that, I got so freaked out. I literally took that book and threw it in the trash. I'm like, no, nope, I'm done. <laughs> yep. I don't want anything to do with it. And like, I didn't pick up another UFO book until about five years later or so. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's, that's when the space felt a little more comfortable to get back into it. But like, yeah, just, just the way that movies can shape Oof. the way that you think about something. Yeah. I, yeah. No, yes. thank you. Scary. Yes. None of my experiences have been too scary. I actually just remembered another time I saw a UFO that I totally forgot to tell you about because it's kind of it's a really minor, it's really minor, but it happened in between um, these encounters. So it was after the first sighting, but it was before I found out Argento knows too much. Mm-hmm. Um I was just at a party. Um, I, after my baby daddy and I broke up, I lived above a garage of a house where 10 of my friends lived in. (laughs) So (laughs) you can imagine it was like pretty 
fun and wild all the time. And yeah. we had a bunch of people over. We had a huge backyard. And I was sitting on the stairs with my friend Maddie and Catherine. And we were all pretty much into UFOs. We loved the X-Files and things like that. Um, and our friend Nicole was standing there and we look up and there was like a weird shaped thing going across in the sky and Maddie and Catherine and I were all just like, it's a UFO, it's a UFO. And Nicole was like, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. And it goes behind this tree and then it shoots off into the, into the sky, just like gone, like, and we watched Mm it. And to this day, Nicole will not admit (laughs) that that was a UFO, (laughs) but I believe. <laughs> right. Like we don't, we don't, I don't know of anything that does that, you know? No, it had some hella like light speed capabilities, like shot off, like whoosh, gone. Yeah. And we watched it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know, dude, that definitely seems like a UFO. <laughs> Catherine, Maddie and I to this day will all tell you it was a UFO, but Nicole remains that it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's like a level of fear or just like a level of, I don't want to believe that. Yeah. I don't want to believe that. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, Nope. <laughs> it's not in my purview to, of belief for that ki- kind of stuff to come through. Yeah. 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 Sometimes, yeah. you know, it makes some people confront all kinds of other things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so as, as you're having this experience with this being that's like right close to your face, telling you that your that your cat knows too much, that it, it, your cat should probably be in some witness protection program. Um, you describe this, this pink light coming through the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it how did it make you feel like what were you feeling when that light was coming down onto you definitely nervous very confused very just like is this real you know is like <laughs> mm-hmm. am i having like a psychotic break or is this really happening i just i don't know wh- why but the thing that i thought the most was like i didn't want them to know i was awake Mm-hmm. I like I don't know why that's like the number one thing that I was thinking the whole time, but it was. <laughs> do you, Do you think that these beings were familiar to you in some kind of way? Maybe that is a possibility. I hadn't really jumped on the summoning aliens train yet in my paranormal career. I was definitely mm-hmm. like early stages investigating with haunt me. Um, pretty focused on human ghosts and elementals. Um, I had seen other types of ghosts. So I was like aware that there were like, you know, strange, like shape-shifting monstery style creatures out there, but I never once associated them with aliens. And I still don't um, really, I guess maybe I do. I don't know. Is isn't everything aliens? <laughs> do, 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 does that type of phenomenon feel feel different from you know those beings that that you encountered in your room? 
Yeah. The beings, the beings in my room feel like the first UFO experience. It felt very much for me. Mm. And I have no idea why. <laughs> I think that 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 kind of like I think that's with a, like a lot of experiencers is like yeah within that experience how what is it about you because like this is different from than uh, from say like a you know like some type of ghostly being or something like that something that is you know linked to this place a life on earth uh versus something else from someplace else that um it, it seems like a one in a million thing do you think do you think there was anything that you have done to attract them yeah i well um I didn't know that I could like tune in and see and hear ghosts until I started working with haunt me. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that period of time, I was like kind of discovering that I could. Um, and so I'm not sure if my discovery that, um, I could kind of see things that were maybe multidimensional or maybe, you know, energetic rifts left here or whatever, I was looking at, cause I think it's all, you know, there's not one kind of thing I was seeing when I was investigating, but, um, I don't know, maybe it, they were just like, this one can pay attention to us or something. Like, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now so I try to summon them actively and they don't show up as much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, don't call us. We'll call you. Like, exactly. <laughs> like this is on our terms, okay? <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't step over that line, okay? <laughs> this is this is how we do things. We show mm -hmm. up, we mess with you and tell you that your cat knows too much and uh, you know, like to me that's it, it's just like that can't be a serious thing. And yet it I seems can't. like, a, yeah, it seems like it is though. Like, <laughs> like you literally just walked into my room to tell me that my cat knows too much. Why? And that's it. And then everything was just done. Yeah. Like once I heard that information, it wasn't like they walked out of my room. It was just like a done. Mm -hmm. Everything's back to normal. Which is like, on, on the whole, it's it's weird. Do you think there was like, do you think anything else happened? Or do you think everything that happened was contained in, in your room? Oh, other stuff could have happened for all I know. But I think it was, well, they did go into Tristan's room. Mm -hmm. They weren't in there very long, but they were, they did go in there and they came out. I don't know if they were like looking for me or what, but uh I don't know. The only things that have happened to my son so far are the iodine and a creature walking into his room. The metal things that were coming out of my finger for a while affected a boyfriend I was dating um, and myself, but it does seem to be kind of centered around me mostly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting because like, you know, when you talk about, like 
abduction accounts and stuff. It mm-hmm. usually it's it's familial in many ways. Like it's mm-hmm. very contained within that family bloodline. But like the fact that people around you that aren't related to you have have experienced that is interesting because yeah. it it makes you wonder, well, why them then? You know? Right. And for a minute, I thought most of my experiences were pretty much contained to my apartment on Munjoy Hill. I lived there for five years. Um, so all of these accounts took place aside from the one in Boston there. But I have had one weird thing happen here. What's interesting about my current place is that I have a lot of wards and protections up around it. Um, mm-hmm. And nothing's come in. Um, all of my experiences in this apartment have been outside of my bedroom window. Like the nanny in Ghostbusters too, when she steals oh, the Oh yeah, just floating right outside the window. Just floating and, right yeah. out there. Exactly. Yep, exactly. <laughs> what what kind of what kind of experiences have you had outside your your uh window? One was a physical experience. So there was something floating in the air. Have you been able to hear the helicopters that have been going by? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I live like right next to a hospital. So helicopters, sirens, it's all like very regular. Um, Mm -hmm. But one night I was like sitting at my window smoking and just kind of staring at the sky. And um, there was what I thought was a helicopter was just like sitting there which is weird. They don't stay in place. Like (laughs) not only do they not like hover and stay in place, but they're loud. Like you can hear them in this podcast and all my windows are shut. Um, and this was making no noise and it just sat there. And so I decided I was going to kind of just pay attention to it. And like 15, 20 minutes went on and it was just like still there. So I started to film it And I put it on Twitter and everybody said it was a helicopter. But again, you can hear these helicopters and it was making no noise. It wasn't moving at all. So then because I put it on Twitter, my friend Amanda, who lives a few blocks over, saw it and she was like, I'm going to go out and see if I see it. And she did. She's like, yeah, it's just sitting there. It's making no noise or anything. And I was like, right. It's making no noise. Like, what is that thing? I don't yeah. know. So I don't know if that was a UFO, but that's the first thing that kind of kicked off. Like maybe I can kind of summon things to my window. Mm. Um, How close so would you say that it was? It wasn't super close. I would say it was a few miles away. Um, mm-hmm. But even so, the helicopters are so loud and you hear like I also live pretty close to an airport and you can hear all the planes. Like I just live in like a place where all of these things are just like very loud. Um, I live right in the smack of the city. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just was odd. And it was even more odd that it was like a quiet night and I could tell that it was making no noise. Mm -hmm. Which again, there's like just always something like I, I live above like a restaurant in the middle of a park and the park is just lit. People are always like yelling. Um, There's a fire station on the other side of me. There's just like, 
it's just constant activity. And it's just very strange that it was quiet that night and we could really like focus on this thing. Do you think it was actually quiet or do you think that it was somehow creating that experience for you? It could have been. It was not like I focused on that thing for a solid 45 minutes. It was not like hiding, you know, Mm -hmm. it was weird. But the other stuff that I've done has been based around summoning aliens to my window. And I've actually I've had two experiences that were positive with that. And then I had the one that I told you about that was kind of just like I was just like sitting. I don't even know what I was doing, probably just like on TikTok or something. And I just like heard somebody be like, you're getting abducted tonight. Yeah. And I just remember laughing because I was like, please, like. This was, this was during the pandemic, you know? So I'm like, yeah, right. like, take me away. <laughs> take me away. <laughs> um, and sadly, I woke up the next morning and had to go to work. <laughs> I wasn't abducted, but I was on the bus. I had like a 30 minute bus ride to work and I was on the bus being like, oh yeah, I was supposed to get abducted last night. Let me see if I can try to remember anything that happened. And so I kind of did like a meditation on the bus and I tried to like get in my subconscious a little bit. And I remembered standing out front of this like, I don't know, almost like a blue ball, but it was huge. It was like fucking like Epcot center size. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I don't know what gave me the impression that it was spinning. Maybe it was a sound, um, but it was spinning with this bright, bright, like neon yellow light behind it. Um, and I was standing there, I thought with my friend Cindy holding their hand, but I'm not super sure. However, they did have a dream that night where we were both on a ship holding hands, which is wild. <laughs> right. And they were saying that, like the ship was like following this track and all of the, and it got to this point where there was like all these tracks that were stacked on top of each other, like, um, almost like, um, a skyscraper, like really tall. And there were all these tracks and they were moving and they had to change the course and they had to change the track that we were on in order to go on. And that was, I mean, that was it. I don't remember being on a ship, but it's kind of interesting that we both had dreams that night um, where we were holding each other's hand and that were kind of like ship related. Right. Um, Because I didn't tell them that I was, that I heard that I was getting abducted. Like, that's not really something that I tell my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know, it's just going to come up casually in conversation. Like, look. I'm yeah. supposed to get abducted like later tonight. I got to get home. Okay. Like, gotta get home. yeah, got to get home. It's, yeah. it's going to happen. They need me there by a certain time. And I, you know, I got to make it happen. Otherwise they're going to be upset with me and, and stuff like that. But, um, when you, when you talk about like the, the positive experiences, what, what kind of positive experiences have you had? Oh yeah. So just like lots of, Um, so I've created offerings and the offerings will be like gone in the morning or, um, 
I don't have my recorder anymore, sadly, but I had an EVP on my recorder of saying that we're here. Um, and I don't have a lot of like evidence other than just more personal experiences. Um, and just like feeling elated. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a like a positive experience, just like feeling like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I was like heard and listened to and they came and they were just kind of like, dab, you're cool. (laughs) 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 I was like, cool. I think you're cool. (laughs) Yeah, I'm totally cool. We're all cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's like be cool together. Let's hang. I want to like know some weird stuff. (laughs) Right. I want to know more about like, I feel like, um, I get really into using, um, the way things make me feel to get into my subconscious. And I just like, and you know, especially after reading like time loops and books like that, I just like feel really, um, serious about our feelings and our memories being like codes to unlock more about ourselves, um, and about the future, and I just want the aliens to tell me I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a noble pursuit. That's that's a yeah. totally noble pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. Just like be like, yeah, you got it. Keep going. Keep doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Just keep on the path. Keep on the yeah. path. So, so like, what are the methods that you use to summon them? Um. Honestly, just like offerings and food. Um, not too much. Um, sometimes I'll ask if there are things, but I had a lot of, um, I didn't actually mean to summon aliens the first time I did. I was like focused on elementals. Um, and I made this huge, um, altar the size of Fort Knox here in Maine. Um, I did it on the top of Fort Knox and, um, I created the biggest like sigil I've ever created. And I got the attention of what referred to itself as the up. Um, and so I've just like done a lot of the similar things. So, um, they like it when you use, you create this like special, like water. I use a lot of like moon water and like lavender together. And like you wash your hands after, you interact with them. I don't really know what that's about, but that's something that I do, um, to kind of like honor them. Um, and that just kind of like came to me in a dream, but that's also cut like, you know, bases in witchcraft. So that was probably lodged in the subconscious somewhere too. Um, but I make candles for them with, I make them on Wednesdays with a focus on like mercury and, um, our throat chakra and things like that for communication. And I put a lot of effort into my offerings. It's not just like, I don't just like go to the store and buy food. I suppose that you can, but I think that um, the amount of energy that I put into making the offerings shows how like serious and dedicated I am. I'm not sure. That's just a guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But it definitely, the times that I have just put food on a plate and been like, all right, come on aliens. It hasn't really worked. The times that I've been like, all right, I'm going to summon aliens in a month. So I'm going to make my candles on this time. I'm going to do this on this day. When I make like a whole plan, then it works. Um, so I don't know if it's just like 
that like month of planning um, that kind of gets that vibe like already going and out there. So it's less spontaneous and in the moment. Um, and maybe that's why it works better or what. But mm. usually the more effort I put into my offerings, the better uh, luck I have with the investigation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that makes sense. Um, would you say that it's it it's in the the. You you kind of make them feel wanted. You make them feel like they that they're wanted around in a way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They are. Get in here, little aliens. <laughs> <laughs> let, let's hang out. Big ones. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh yeah. let's hang out and let's uh let's talk about what my cat actually knows. Tell me. Tell me. What does my cat know? Yes. He's currently spazzing out and running around the house. Yes. Um, right before my son left, I'm not sure why, but he shut the bathroom door and it's just making my cat, Argento, absolutely lose his mind. He can't deal with that. There's a shut door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that, that feline anxiety of doors being Killing. left. Yeah. You can't get into that room. I, I get it. I totally understand. I guess they have no object permanence. So once the door shut, what's behind it has left the building. It doesn't exist anymore. So it freaks yeah. them out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, dogs what seem to go life. with it. Yeah, dogs seem to go with it. Whereas cats are just like, no, I remember that there's something over there. And uh, mm -hmm. if you don't let me in there now, I'm going to freak out. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. 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 <laughs> Katie. This has been so fantastic. Uh, Yay! What? Uh, so explain to the listeners everything that you do and where they can keep up with everything you got going on. Okay. Um, I, um, let's see. Co like the whole pandemic's been weird because I don't necessarily do the things I was doing before, but I also do. They're just like the opportunities haven't been there. Um, yeah. so I'm an investigator. So, you know, if you got, you want to, you know, shoot the shit about ghosts, I'm into that of mm -hmm. all types. Um, but I mainly focus on tarot these days. Um, I do my tarot, my little horoscopes twice a month, the new moon and full moon. Those are on, all the socials, basically. Well, that's not true. TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram are my socials. I'm not on anything else. Mm -hmm. um, if you find me on Facebook, no, you didn't. I'm a museum member. I just don't even... Right. You didn't even see it. Don't even. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. And so, yeah, um, I am kind of... I'm working on a new divination deck. Um, I'm struggling with the printing. It's been done for a while. I'm just trying to, I want to charge people $40 for this and where it stands mm -hmm. right now, the printing company I was doing, I'm, I'm going to have to charge people 70 and I'm just like, mm, I don't love that. So I'm trying to find another way, but it's coming. Mm -hmm. And I am about to reprint a bunch of zines and do more flip oracle decks. So you can find all that stuff at gorganized.me. Because um, that's my website. <laughs> yeah, that is your website. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Hell. On my socials, you find my link tree. I'll eventually have the link to this 
um, episode in there. I put other podcasts in there. Um, I make, you know, I have like the random shit on like Teespring or whatever that tea website is. Yep. I got a cease and desist order from Holland Oats for my Holland Oats tarot. <laughs> um oh yeah i have a patreon oh my god i'm so bad at (laughs) marketing myself Uh, i have a freaking patreon um where you get the horoscopes every month early but you also get the actual tarot reading so by the time you know i've done a tarot reading and i've watched your horror movie the horoscope that you get is really steeped in the horror movie itself so um, I give my Patreons the actual tarot reading um, with no movie, and we do all kinds of stuff. We're doing different tarot lessons right now. I'm trying to teach them how to meditate into the Telluric realm. Um, what else are we doing? I'm about, they don't even know this yet, but I'm about to send them all graveyard dirt from a window area that's down the street from me. Um, surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's all that we're, we're doing all kinds of random stuff on Patreon and, um, I'm a big believer in pay what you can. So I have a dollar option. If you just want to be along for the ride and have as little commitment as possible, get in there. Just get, get weird. Yeah. Get in there. Get weird. That is that that's that's what we're gonna call this episode. Get in there, get weird. Uh hell yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh my god, thank you for having me. I'm such a big fan of all the work that you do and your podcast, and I'm literally so honored to be here. <laughs> no, it's great. It was great having you here. I appreciate it.